What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Bullpen Cart Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. It is myself and Greg Piatelli updating you on Major League Baseball. We talk about the Phillies' most recent trip to Toronto and all the drama that surrounded that, including the sweep, the vaccination status, all that stuff. We talk about the Red Sox. We go through the rest of Major League Baseball. We have some pretty interesting takes about where teams sit going into the trade deadline, where they might be for the playoffs and the wild cards. This one was a lot of fun to record. We also do some golf talk at the end as the British Open or the Open Championship is going on over at St. Andrews. Cannot wait to hear what you all think, though. As always, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Search The Bullpen Cart wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, ThunderBlog Sports on Instagram. But enjoy this week's episode. Have a great weekend. Let's go, Phils. Let's hope they go into the All-Star break strong. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bullpen Cart Podcast, presented by ThunderBlogSports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart Podcast feed. We are back after a week away where I was in Ohio gallivanting around. We are back to talk some baseball, a little golf. I am the G-Man, Jordy Canale. I didn't introduce myself, but I was getting ready to introduce you, the prophet, Mr. Greg Piatelli. How are you, my friend? Doing great, Jordy. We're in the dog days of summer, right? Oh, yeah. That's the expression. Yep. Um, things are going great. Uh, I don't want to get negative, but the people are really clamoring and calling for the uh, old intro you used to do. Which one? Um, the What's Up Welcome We Are Live. No, that's a, that is a your roommate special. I always went, and we. Oh, or did I say, and here we go? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's what you I do always... for the intros. You always said we were alive, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, did I say here we go? Oh, man. Uh, yeah. It's I, late. I, I you didn't say it tonight. You didn't say it tonight. All I, right, that's fine. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll remember when I go back and edit this to say we <laughs> are live. Real inside baseball, not the baseball we're going to talk about here, but me editing the podcast. The reason why I do that, and here we go at the end of the intros is so I can line up the waveforms and the edit, which is why you always get like the the nice like symbol in the the intro song so that there's a little little fun fact for you and how it all goes but i screwed that up so we'll have to see what i do when i go back and edit this thing yeah the uh public domain intro that i found on the internet because we can't afford to buy an actual song i think i nailed it i think you did i mean now (laughs) you want to license it and then just give me a free a free license listen i didn't want to start off negative but the people are claiming for it. I'm sure they are, but I'm trying to suggest a way for you to make a little extra cash. Why are you turning this down? <laughs> I can't have uh, more than one W two. Uh, wouldn't it be a 1099? Uh, not never mind. We don't need. We're not tax professionals. <laughs> don't listen to us. Anyway, baseball. We're getting close to the All Star game, Greg. One of our favorite weeks. I know you're a big NHL All Star guy, but the MLB All Star festivities are probably my favorite as a whole. Home Run Derby, we get the crazy celebrity game that they act like is after the Home Run Derby, even though it's in broad daylight and it's ridiculous. Then the All-Star game itself, which should be fun. 
we know the we know most of the rosters. I know there's probably going to be some late late replacements and all that kind of stuff. But Greg, are you excited for the All Star game? So I go back and forth. Um, I always love the All Star game. You know, you get to see Mookie Betts dominate and shine in his home park. Marcus Lynn, rest in peace. Rest in peace. I think. Let's look, let's Red look up what he did. Oh, Red Sox. Red Sox, Red Sox career, rest in peace. Marcus Lynn Betts. Um, Mookie Betts, that's his real name. We've been over this. Yes, we have been over this. Mookie Betts tonight, anyway. one for four. It looks like he had a double, maybe a triple. Um, so he's doing just fine. Yeah, he's the best player in baseball. But it's neither here nor there. Um I I'm looking forward to it, although it doesn't mean anything, it doesn't mean anything anymore, right? Yeah, it's better that way. It was dumb right, when so it meant I'm, something. Well, that's because the National League never won. I'm hoping whoa. that whoa, 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 whoa! I'm hoping Charlie that Manuel the, was one and one, and he beat Joe Girardi. So I'm hoping that every single Yankee player who made the team does not have a good night, and I'm hoping that uh, Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts uh, do well in there last uh, all-star game as Red Sox. Oh, you think they're leaving? Well, so it's back and forth. Mookie, I mean, um, Devers is, I'm pretty sure he's still under arbitration because he's real young. Um, but Bogarts, that's like the whole rumor is that he's a Boris client and oh, they've been yeah. offering, yeah, yeah, yeah. they've been offer, offering him extensions and he just, no, 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 no. Well, you have, and, you, I mean, you have JD Martinez in the game too. He's a Red Sox for life, right? No, this is last year. He opted in. Everyone wanted him to opt out so they could take Schwarber as the DH, but he opted in, mm. and that's why they let go of Schwarber, who's having a monster year and absolutely <laughs> would be perfect on the Red Sox. But another another time for another pod, or maybe later on. Um, yes, I'm looking forward to the the All Star game. I'm. You know what I'm most excited about, Jordy? What's that? Uh, conflicted, but most excited about what? ultimately since. As a podcast, we decided to put our egos aside and get on the Aaron Judge watch. Yeah. I'm so pumped that he decided not to do the home run derby. Oh, yeah. I am very nervous that Kyle Schwarber is doing it because he leads baseball in home runs. He is – or he leads the National League in home runs. But he's the one seed in the home run derby. Phillies players, fun fact, for those that don't remember this, and Greg, you might not because this is before we were even friends. Bobby Abreu. Wins home run derby in 2005. Does not play very well for the rest of that season. Ryan Howard. Actually, Ryan Howard did. I think he won the home run derby in 2006 and then set a franchise record. So it's, you know, give and take on how Phillies players do in, in the home run derby. If I, I were you, I would not want Schwarber going far. Hopefully he uh, bows out to Pujols on purpose. Yeah, he is playing yeah. Albert Pujols, who, you know, exciting stuff that he got. He and... Miguel Cabrera getting named as like basically the veteran selection from Manfraud, um, which is interesting. Wow, that, that they got thrown in there. No, you don't think so? No, that you just called him Manfraud. I mean, that just out of the clouds. Everybody's called him. That's uh, a, that's his nickname now. That's just known that he's Manfraud. I mean, I, I Gary Bettman is still worse, but I would agree. Anyway, but... um, <laughs> yeah, he's not great. You know, the only good commissioner, David Stern, and uh, who's the new guy they got? He's not bad. Uh, you mean Dave Silver? 
Well, David Stern first, but yeah, the NBA, David Silver. Yeah, he's Dave, good. Dave Silver. You don't. His name is Adam Silver. For people that are wondering why, what I'm talking about, it's a, that's a Sixers joke about Adam Silver. Um, but yeah, did you? Um, quick sidebar: Did have you seen the? I'm sure you and your roommate have been all over this. The Thirty for Thirty they did about the uh, USA women's basketball team. No, I haven't seen that one yet. Is it good? Oh, it's incredible. Really? Yeah. So like. So it was leading into the Atlanta Olympics. It was right after the dream team for for the men's, and they they put together this dream team of women's. That okay. wasn't really a it was before the WNBA was around. All the top players had to go abroad. Blah blah blah. blah. Well, they still and, have to go abroad, unfortunately. Well, they do both, but the basically the NBA funded this team USA for an entire year. Um, okay, had them tour around all these college arenas and have them play their you know their team whatever and um they played all these year international teams and ended up winning the gold long story short but it basically it was the the nba testing to see if there was a market for them to fund a professional women's basketball league which is why they are the WNBA because they're the only ones who are yeah affiliated by, yeah yeah funded and affiliated by their male counterpart which is probably why they've lasted so long and probably in a good way why they get so much exposure and the ESPN contracts and da 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 but I mean it's incredible it's it's I wish more pro leagues did that and I wish more pro male leagues helped some of the female league uh, teams well notably hockey the it's they have the now it's the union and they do the tour the PWHL um they do the tour, and they're, like, pushing for it. And I think there's but that's some... that's not funded by the NHL. Well, no, I'm about to say, I think there's some... There's, like, some interaction with it. There was when there were still... Well, there still is the American League, but there was the Canadian League. But I think that the Buffalo team in the... It's not like the... Perfect, it's like the Hockey Federation or something. I think they... The Buffalo team used to be owned by the Pagulas, and I don't think they own them now, who own the Sabres and the Bills. Yeah, but, there's... But this is like David Stern put together a whole committee. Like you have to watch the documentary. No, no, I understand what you're saying. But the, 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 I wish, and I agree with the, with the point be, that you're getting after. Yeah, it'd be great for hockey. It'd be great for um, what's another? I guess baseball, but softball yeah, maybe. Softball, yeah. Um, soccer, women's soccer. Soccer, if they, yeah. If they oh, had it'd it. be incredible. Yeah, yeah, it'd be incredible. You know, I've been watching the women's Euros because they've been on ESPN yeah. all week. That's like it's pretty good. I've seen, yeah, it's pretty good stuff. It, it's like, yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, and they score a ton of goals. So they do score a ton of goals, unlike the men's game, oh, which I yeah, this is the most soccer I can probably talk. But yes, you're exactly right. They score a lot of goals. We we love goals as, as American soccer fans and. You like goals, you got to watch. <laughs> Remember when the soccer. USA team won like 9 nothing in their first World Cup game and, we're, and the Fox analysts were like, the Fox sports analysts, that's not a Fox News take, were like, this is too many, this is terrible sportsmanship. And everybody's like, no, shut up, we like this. Yes, yeah. you're wrong. <laughs> um, all right, good for us. So that was a quick yeah. side note tangent. I forget what we were talking about before. But, we're talking about the um, All-Star I'm, game. I'm happy that Aaron Judge decided not to do it just because we're on Judge Watch. I'm... Realistically, I'd probably want Schwarber to to pick up three extra home runs before the All Star break, so he can tie um, Judge, if not more, and 
be in the head and then and then lose first round so he gets a nice rest and doesn't ruin his swing for the second half. Um, I like but, this take though that that everybody bows out, lets Pujols go off. Although, what do you think is receptive? I'm sure it's positive. It's like when it or actually it's the reverse because it was in San Francisco when Barry Bonds got the standing ovation at the All Star game the year he. Or then later that year, he broke Hank Aaron's record. But um, I was about to make a comment of like, oh, he was on the Angels. But I don't think anybody really gives a shit about the Angels. So he'll probably get a standing yeah. ovation. And isn't it, in, isn't it at... It's a Dodger Stadium. It, that's why I was making... Dodger Stadium nothing to do with the Angels, yeah. Well, I was gonna, well, there was a whole thing when the Angels changed their name to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim of California of, of America, which America, North America... That uh, Dodger fans got very, including my grandmother, got very particular about it, being like, we are L.A. baseball. And I think it said it around Dodger Stadium. So there is, like, something there, but I think, like, they don't really care. That kind of thing. I'm, that's what I'm kind of getting after. Well, it's a quick debate. Who had a better career? Between Pulos and who? Pulos Cabrera. It's a really good question, actually. That is a very good debate, because... Miggy, Miggy has what one ring? He was only on one of those Marlins teams. Pulhos yeah, has two, been, and he's been he's been. Pereira say, has been talked about forever as like uh, people are like, oh, he's the greatest hitter of the generation, and you know, I feel like he's had that tag on him for ever. And then obviously Pulhos was like Mister St. Louis, Mister Postseason, Mister. You know, carried them for however machine. many years, right? I'm yeah. not the machine. I'm I, just Albert. <laughs> I, I'm not machine. I'm just Albert. It's that in the in good the good callback. It's that in the Ovechkin Russian spy, or probably two of the best. Yeah. This is Sports Center commercials. Pull me up. That was a good one. Um, yeah. So I mean that that was something that sort of sparked my thought while you were. I'd probably go with talking about it, But yeah, he won three MVPs. He, he has he, more. He hits. does seem like yeah. He has more hits, more home runs, way more RBI, and he has two rings, which means something. And then, but I guess the the only knock against him, one all-star appearance since he left St. Louis the first time, you know, when he left to go to L.A. And then, you know, not a ton of other awards in that Angel span. Like, it wasn't a terrible career, obviously. He has, you know, almost 3,400 hits and all that good stuff, but... Yeah, it definitely the early pool hosts was very good baseball. And Miguel Cabrera just like he's always been around. I know he's been hurt a ton, so that that certainly doesn't help. But he has the triple crown, which was really cool when that happened. And he like for so long was you know Mister Consistency. You know he has an over three hundred batting. I'm saying he was always revered. He's always revered as the best hitter in baseball. Like, yeah, hands down. Like no one ever questioned it. You know, it was almost like a how Durant's the best scorer in the NBA. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, can be, you can be the best scorer without being the best player, right? Sure. Um, so I feel like it's almost like that type of situation, comparing that, again, the best hitter versus the best player, if you will. But Sure. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, long story short, that, that just, we'll do, I thought we'd hit that quick, but I guess uh, we can move on to... Jordy, do you want to get a little Philly stock, or do you want to buzz around the major league? No, we can do Philly stock. I'm practicing buzz, I guess. We can do, yeah, buzz. You you love to say buzzing on a non hockey podcast, so good for you. Good for you for branching out. But yeah, Philly stock. Um, 
they split with the Cardinals since we were on Pujols. Um, when they were in St. Louis, they won the first two games. They blew it on Sunday, and then Monday, just a bad showing from Aaron Nola. Um, really, he, he looked okay, but then had just you know he's Aaron Nola is always good for like having one bad inning, and a lot of the times, like sometimes it would be the first inning and then he'd settle in. A lot of Phillies pitchers you can say that about, but then there's always the tendency then like the sixth inning, the seventh inning, if he makes it that far, that it's just. You know, it was a little too much, and that's what happened with the St. Louis game on, on Monday. And they end up splitting that series, but they win the season series because since the last time we talked, the Cardinals came to Philly, and the Phillies won two out of three. Um, As I say, but they're still a half a game behind the Cardinals for that last little play well, wild card. so they won the two games, so they moved ahead of them. Then they lose the two games, so they're tied. And then, Greg, do you know where they went this week for a two-game series? Hardest place do, to win. But- Tell, Hard, tell, tell, tell the fans. Hardest place to win, as Greg Piatelli would say, they went to Toronto. Say, and they anyone, had, anyone who listens to the podcast knows this answer, or should know yeah, this answer. Should know this answer. They went to Toronto. Didn't go well. The first game was frustrating. They lost 4-3. Um, very frustrating game. The game last night, on Wednesday night, was even worse. A bad Zach Wheeler start, and... Now a lot of people are like upset that Zach Wheeler didn't make the All Star team, and now a lot of, and now people are like, you know what? It's probably good he doesn't go to the All Star game so he can get a little break. He can, you know, figure, you know, get some rest, come back, have a strong second half of the season. We also found out uh, which Phillies were unvaccinated, notably JT Real Muto. Did you see what JT Real Muto said about not playing in Toronto? I feel, I feel like he doubled down, didn't he? What did he say? He doubled down. He said among other things. Uh, I don't want Canada telling me what I can put in my body. And he said that he was not missing out on a lot of on a he was only missing out on a little bit of money. Do you know how much money JT Romito was not paid? Because it's not a fine. They just don't get the days of service, which doesn't matter for Romito because he's already a free agent. It does matter for like Alec Bohm, who missed it and and kind of a shocking one to find out Alec Bohm wasn't wasn't but days so, of service for so those that don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna guess and i'm gonna I'm cut you off but i'm gonna guess 230 a game so 230 you're be... over you're over what it was it was close oh, okay. to, it was close to three hundred thousand dollars but he said total oh, I'm, total and he was like i'm only missing out on a little bit of money Imagine, imagine, Jeez. just imagine that. Well, just imagine going that. back to the all-star game. There's this whole thing about the, the workers there are going to go on strike so they can get paid more. <laughs> just really not a great look. I, st- I still like JT Real Muto a lot. He's a really great defensive catcher, but really not great <laughs> racing out of that. Just a really bad yeah. light. It's like, it's the Doc Rivers, I'm going to play DeAndre Jordan, whether you like it or not, type of tone deaf comment. Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, just people being out of touch, right? And, yeah. and, and like, you know, not just, knowing the, the price of, it, it, you know, I... Yeah, so, I oh, I, I retweeted one one of those of the, it's a banana, Michael. How much does it cost? $10 from Arrested Development? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, it just so shows like, you should not really be listening to, the. there's some professional athletes that are great role models, but some we just need to... You know, just know they they just play a professional sport. We don't really need to listen to them. Yeah, and and so um, sorry, real quick, it, it's you know the the whole 
uh, some people on Twitter, I'm not going to name names, but some people on Twitter were like, you know, oh, is this happening to every team or is this just us? And it's like, yeah, we've been, they clearly don't listen to the podcast. We've been talking about this for. Notably, the Royals are now, in, are now in Toronto and they. 11, 11 guys. Yeah, 11 guys. Including, guys, sorry. including former Red Sox, Andrew Benatendi, including their, <laughs> like the face of their franchise right now, Whit Merrifield. <laughs> like, ugh. Andrew Benintendi is supposed to be like the free agent pickup, and now, now he's not going to a single AL East team. I'll tell you that, or or realistically, anyone in you the mean, American League probably. You're, you're talking about trade deadline piece because he's a pending free agent, and That's yes, what I meant. you're Sorry. exactly right. That's what I meant. He, if you're, he's having such a good year, and he's he's a free agent at the end of the season, so he's like the number one bat right now for trade deadline. Yeah, and there's a ton of teams that could use his bat. He's a decent fielder. You know, it's a great fielder. You see that catch he had against the Orioles and the yeah, way to win the World actually, Series. Yeah, actually, a really good point. Yeah, um, but and then again in, in the against the Dodgers, the left field. Yes, I do remember that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, you're exactly right. It's you'd be irresponsible to try to pick him up if you're an AL East team. The the Blue Jays literally cannot. I don't think their government like. A, could you imagine if they? I don't think they wouldn't because he couldn't play. But if if they did try to make a trade and like go to you know, the Ontario government being like, hey, can you make an exception for this dude? We want to win a World Series. Yeah, so it was it was one of the first podcasts we did, and we were talking about how the Red Sox were going to play Toronto in the first, like, two weeks. We are going to find out exactly who wasn't vaccinated. And the Red Sox have three guys now, I guess, three guys who never who don't play when they go to Toronto still, uh, including their closer and, and the kid who's replacing Kike Hernandez while he's been hurt. But um, – the we talked about it back then. It was Trevor Story. Basically, they put in this contract that hey, if you want this long term, a ton of money deal from us, you need to get vaccinated. And that was like part of his free agent assignment. That was part of the reason why he like hadn't shown up after he they agreed verbally to a, to a deal. Oh really? Um, I don't remember yeah. this. But yeah, we talked about it. We talked about it then. Um, and I basically, it sounds like that's going to be the. Um, the norm for 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 people, I guess, especially the AL East, they're yeah. going to have it in their contracts. If you want to sign free agent, you know, you have to be vaccinated um, to be able to go to Canada for that reason. But um, anyway, back to the whole like Phillies fans thing. It just happened to them. You know, it, it happens to every team. Like oh, I yeah. said, the Red Sox, their their leadoff man and their closer haven't been haven't played in Toronto. The whole season, and I'm glad what you Philly finally fan, got to see first What Philly fan did you see say this? Check Twitter. There's only so many I follow. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? The Toronto Girardi. Let's talk about how hardest place to play. Um, Phillies, real quick. Do they make the playoffs? Do you think they have a shot? Do they are they buyers or sellers? They stay pat. Are they just waiting for Harper to come back to to get them back up? and propel them closer to the top of the division? Or are you ruling out the, the division because the Braves and Mets are that good this year? Um, You really, I mean, to answer your question, you can't totally rule it out just because, you know, the crazy Philly, Phillies fan in me, not just Philly, but Phillies of just so many weird parallels to 2007 of Chase Ellie got hit in the hand right around the same time as Harper returns in August. They have the amazing comeback against the Mets. Um, I do stand pat to what I said about the Braves of 
when they were still oh so many games out. And you just and I said this last year when you asked me of am I afraid of the Mets? No, I was afraid of the Braves, and the Braves won the fucking World Series. Um, that said, the Phillies are nine games out right now. They're a game out of the third wild card when they had it at the start of this week. So they're right in the mix there. Whether or not they make the playoffs, really, they just have to play better baseball. And their bats have been ice cold. I kind of referenced it in, in those four games that they're on the, the skid four. They're going to Miami where they never play well at, this weekend. So we'll see what happens. You know, in Is that, that your series. Toronto? Yeah, that's it's the Phillies Toronto. It's not any it's not any other team in the in the NL East Toronto. I think I made the point to you of or I I might have sent it to you and Stevie G of the 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 Phillies had the have the biggest disadvantage in the in the NL East because they don't get to play the Phillies 19 times. <laughs> Phillies this year against <laughs> nice. NL East teams is just is just so bad. Um you, it's gotten a I little bet better. This, I I bet you it's not worse than the Red Sox versus the American League East. Um, let's, let's take a look at this. So the Red Sox against the American League East are 11 and 24. The Phillies, oh, the Phillies are 15 and 19. Okay. So it's gotten better. It seemed like, oh, cause they, that's right. Cause they beat up on the nationals. So oh, that always so, helps. So, you, so you're saying that, yeah, yeah we the had, Red Sox. Yeah. Little, well, we talked about this. We talked about this last week. Well, two weeks ago, but you, now the Orioles are good. So now you, you do have a disadvantage. Yeah, but the Orioles have been good. Yeah, the Orioles won 10 games in a row. But to answer your question about the Phillies at the trade deadline, preferably if they're going to really tread this water of being right in striking distance of a playoff spot, they need to get another starter. Zach Eflin's hurt. I don't know what the time timetable is on that. They've done these bullpen games that have been you know, up and down. Some have been good. Some have been bad. But how long is that really going to last? I can only exercise the bullpen so much. I'm going next week on my birthday, so I'm going to need to exercise it then, I think. We also need to exercise. Greg, I don't know if you know this because I feel like it's more of a, a Philly thing. Do you know whose house Nick Castellanos owns? Like who he bought it from or who previously owned oh, it? Oh, wasn't it? You said this two weeks ago. Yeah, um, it's Ben Simmons' house. Yeah. We need to knock that thing down and build him like a new a new house. Or like we but need you, to... act like, you, act, you act like he's like a, you know, the savior or a good player, you know? Nick Castellanos is a good player. And he should be – he's playing be- – he's starting to play better and should be playing better. Um, but that was a big thing in the Toronto series and in a little bit of that end of the St. Louis series of the top four, the one, two, three, four hitters, of not producing. You saw Bryson Stott really get hot. He had two home runs in Toronto. So now we have the Stott corner. We have the Stott country. We have short Stott. We have a lot of Stott stuff here. But, um, yeah, you know – Again, I think they need to add a starter and get another guy in there. It just really becomes a question of, you know, they have these relievers that they could bring up. Do you want to try to use them as trade bait? There was even talk of, because Garrett Stubbs has played well when he gets to play, of does JT become a movable piece, which would be very interesting considering now all the stuff with the, with the non-vaccinated things. But I, I would think he wouldn't be traded to an AL East team. I was going to say, why would they trade him? There was talk about that. There was talk about Reese too, which I think Reese is untouchable. But basically, of because the Phillies need pitching, do they try to move one of these guys that's a top hitter for them to try to get some, you know, try to get an arm or something like that? Like, do you send a major leaguer to like? Can you try to come up with the right package of minor leaguers, which have now like at the beginning of the season or in the pre during spring training, like there weren't a ton of big names that they could have traded for. 
like when the Braves got Matt Olson and the Orioles got Matt Chapman, there was talk of like, oh, the Phillies should have gotten them. They don't have a third baseman, which is true. They have platooned a ton of different guys through there. But like there weren't names. And now like there are guys that are shooting up the ranks and all this kind of stuff. But like are teams really going to believe that? Like where where are they going there? So like it becomes this weird like what can they actually trade to get guys, which is why major leaguers were getting thrown into the conversation. It becomes a very so interesting piece. So, so you're saying they're going to be sellers? No, 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 no. It's not selling. It's like a weird like – it's like a fantasy trade almost of like you need this, so we're going to give you that. We need this, so you give us that of almost like right. – trading that kind of thing so it's not even selling if they if they come out of the gate cold then maybe you see them sell but i i wouldn't see i would think it'd be stupid to trade reese hoskins but like they probably the realistic thing is they probably just stand pat and see if they can continue to you go on the go on this tread that they're they're at now where nola's playing decent or it's actually having a really good year but is you know at worst decent wheeler every once in a while is a shitty start you need Eflin to get healthy. You need Ranger Suarez to get healthy. Apparently, he might pitch this weekend. And then that fifth starter, if you're going to do these bullpen games, you just hope that this platooned bullpen goes really well. And your guy, Greg, Mark Appel, has looked really good coming out of the bullpen, including in these bullpen games. He's been a big part of that. So it'll be really interesting to see, A, how they do in Miami this weekend, and B, how do they come out of the gates against the Cubs right out of the All-Star break. Jordy, I guess the confusion for me here is we've been talking about this for how many years, this, this limbo that they seem to be in. Although they have, they had the young talent. They kind of got rid of him. You have Schwarber. You have, you have the offense. You yeah, have, they have the like offense. You said, they just, you have the offense. They never invested in pitching aside from Zach Wheeler. And that's really what it is. Oh, who is who? Nola, you said right? Or who is Nola's Eflin homegrown. Mania? Eflin and Nola. Eflin no, Eflin. I think they got in a trade, but still, effectively homegrown. But the only guy they've really gone out and and spent quote stupid money to quote the owner was for Zach Wheeler, and they haven't like continued to do that. Whereas the teams that won the division ten years ago or eleven years ago, you know, they had the four they had the four horsemen, the four aces, and like they went out and got big name starters. And figured it out with their offense because they had the homegrown talent of the Rollins, Utley, Victorino. He was a Rule 5 guy, but still effectively homegrown. Howard, Carlos Ruiz, Pat the Bat for a little for the beginning of the run in the World Series team. Like, all these guys who, you know, got it done. And they just went out and they got solid pitching. And they made smart moves to get other pitchers that got the job done. Like Joe Blanton in the 2008 team. And he was still there in 2011. But... I don't know. They like they need to figure out something like that. Like, who's the Joe Blanton if the Phillies are going to make some sort of serious run here? Like, they had Brett Myers in there for a while, and he was coming out of the bullpen and starting. Like, there just aren't those names of guys that really like you see their name on the start on the starting sheet. Like Kyle Gibson starting tomorrow night against the in Miami, and it could either be Kyle Gibson comes out and throws seven innings with letting up a run and five hits with however many strikeouts, or he goes three innings and lets up fucking six runs. Like that's there's just nothing there. So I understand why you're confused on that. It's just they they don't know what to do about figuring out this pitching problem. Right. Um, are we done with the uh, Yeah, let's move or... on. Let's move on. Let's talk about right. the Red Sox. So, okay. So 
Red Sox are plain and simple here. They are the best team in baseball when they don't play the American League East. They have not won a single series against the American League East. The only time that they didn't lose a series was a four-game series against the Yankees at Fenway Park uh, last week in which they they split 2-2, and they had to win two, two, late, two games late uh, and get to that this the Yankee bullpen that everyone said was the scariest thing in the world, and they beat up, they beat them. But regardless, the only time they didn't lose an American League series was that was that time uh, last week against the Yankees at home. By the way, the first time the Yankees visited Fenway, and that's the latest in the season ever to have the Yankees visit Fenway, um, which is super strange and weird. That is really anyway. Um, division is out. Division's out. You know. The only, the only thing I will say, being in the best division in baseball hurts them, but it helps them, too, because they know they're in a dogfight every time they play the American League East, including the Orioles, who they, yes, they lose every series to, them, to every every team. Anyway, um, they the Red Sox, being in the best division in baseball, like I said in the, pre, in the AL East preview, they're going to have four teams in the playoffs. And my prediction is coming true now because I think Seattle fades like they always do. Um, four teams from the American League East in the playoffs. Well, so Just think about that for a second. I am, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a, a little factoid that since the fight, the Mariners are 12 and two, including a 10 game winning streak. Yes. So the Red Sox need to fight the Orioles. That's. <laughs> Yes, that's what I'm saying. The Mariners will fade like they always do. The thing, the only thing in grace about the Red Sox here, Jordy, um, their bullpen has been incredible, and they've been relying on them so much because they haven't had a like the, the starting pitchers who are supposed to come into the year. You know, the Chris Sales, the Pavettas, the Tanner Howe, the Valdi, uh, the Whitlock. These 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 guys who are supposed to be their starters. I've been hurt all year. Sales coming back. He pitched for the first time. Uh, I guess he's got two or no, for the first time this week or two days ago, whatever. Did pretty good. When Pavetta is your ace, right? When Pavetta is your number one guy, who people have heard of, they're pitching guys, Jordy, who they've called up way too early. And they, and and Heimblum, the GM, Cora, they all said it. These guys are too. They're up too early, but they have to be because they've had such injuries that they're starting pitching. I'm not making excuses. All I'm trying to say is the Red Sox will get better simply because they're starting pitching or the guys who are getting paid to be starting pitchers on the major league team and who they anticipated the starting pitchers to be will actually be the starting pitchers. Okay. Does that make sense? No, it does. Like the, the, star, the is, people who are starting. This is the Mets theory. No. Well, the, Met, the Mets are only going to get better because – Scherzer's back, and Jacob DeGrom is making minor leaguers question their professional choice. (laughs) Do you see that? His stats tonight, seven and and two-thirds, and he struck out 15 guys. Yeah, I don't know why he's still in the minors. Uh, I think their rehab starts. I think it's close to him coming (sighs) back. Chris Sale made one, maybe two rehab starts, and that was it. And he he destroyed a TV in in a hallway, and and he was back already. But the point is that the Red Sox. I love Chris Red... Sale. He's such a crazy person. Have you heard that story? No, I didn't. I'll, I'll tell it in a second. Yeah. 
the, the the starting pitching they brought up these three three to four young kids who have been overperforming, and they just they're doing well. Sure, they get them through three four innings, but then they go into the bullpen and their the arms are tired. You know, it showed versus the Rays. Yeah, um, the last couple of games, and they got three games against the Yankees. They have the last two weeks, Jordy. Raise Yankees, raise Yankees, raise Yankees. We talked about this two weeks ago. Yeah, this is the hardest stretch. They have the hardest strength of schedule remaining in baseball. That's the thing that scares me the most. Yes, they're going to get their starting pitching back, but they have the hardest strength of schedule um, to end the season. So that is a little scary. Um, but anyway, to get into the Chris Sale story yeah. and, and Kike being out hurts, but you know the chemistry and all that. So Chris Sale goes down for rehab start. He goes over to Worcester, west of Boston. He had real command issues. He he struck out, let's say, four and walked, let's say, six. In the middle of the third inning, the bases are loaded, and they took him out of the game. Okay. They claim it's because of pitch count, but he was so furious – so furious he goes storming right off the mound right into the tunnel right through the tunnel and just takes a bat and just starts wailing on the wall rips down there's a like a like a sign of their mascot rips the sign off the wall takes the samsung tv and off the wall and smashes it to the ground he got interviewed about it like the, a couple whatever later and he was like yeah you know i was trying to get a samsung or Samsung dropped me as a sponsor, so you know I was trying to I was trying to send a <laughs> message to them, you know, trying to make jokes of it. But but the other day, like you were talking about a guy who cut his jersey up because he didn't want to wear it and he didn't want to pitch in, in in a throwback, and he's supposed to be a leader to the young guys, and he's a psychopath in all the good ways. Um, you know, it depends on who you ask or how you look at it. But it, it it that story happened shortly after the story about Max Scherzer going out and buying the Mets all AirPod Pros, the minor league Mets AirPod Pros and giving them like a rumble ponies, a seven, yeah, (laughs) giving them a seven course dinner. It is rehab start. What's Chris Sale doing? Destroying the the clubhouse and destroying the TV. That's the one TV that these guys get. That's probably not even HD. Um, But anyway, love the rumble ponies. Long, long story short about the Red Sox, um, since you seem to not care, even though I, I put full interest into caring about the Phillies. No, I care. I care what the Red Sox are doing. Your happiness is, your happiness is like third on people's happiness for me. It's me, my wife, then you. Jake (laughs) is a Mets fan. He does not get over you. Thank you. I appreciate it. In the Um, winter, he's probably over you because he's a Flyers fan, but not in the summer. Yeah. That seems on brand. But yeah, I mean the the that's the only saving grace. Um, but again, not we're not hitting the panic button button yet. We need to, they're they're is the panic button now? Is it on the, the desk? They're no. The only reason why it's not um, okay. Hmm, hang on, that's right. Am way I yelling? Do I sound like I'm yelling? No. The okay. only the, the the only thing I'm going to say is I'm just being quiet because you know I'm gonna I'm not in a house like you are. Is that a little jab? No, no, I'm saying I'm not in the house. I, no, I'm saying I'm not in the house, so I can't. Um, I don't have rooms to 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 spread out away from my roommate. Um, you know what I mean? Like you, you can 
just move to a different room, a whole other floor. You could go to a different floor if you really wanted to and, and be able to yell as loud as you want. I'm just talking softly because the next room over, yeah. we share a wall. Anyway, um, fuck, now I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> the reason why the panic button's not out, Jordy, is because the All-Star break is here. They're going to get these starters back. Avaldi and Sale, well, they're not the saviors. They're not Scherzer. They're not DeGrom. They're not – I don't know that they're a World Series type of starting pitchers. This offense is good enough to win the World Series. They don't have the pitching to do it. Um, their bullpen is good enough for the World Series. They need they need Sale and Avaldi to be what they were when they won the World Series, and they need a third pitcher. Pavetta – is a good fourth if for a seven game series, but they need a, a third pitcher to come in and hopefully, I don't know who's out there for the trade deadline, but um, anyway, that's why the panic button is out there. If they, if they get swept in this three game series by the Yankees in, in New York, then the panic button will t- come out of the backpack, come out of the pocket and be set on the table. However, they're, we knew they were going to limp into the all-star break and then get these people back and we'll go from there. Four teams in the playoffs, best division in, in baseball. Let's one, buzz around, Jordy. Well, one go of those teams. Oh, sorry. I was, I was going to mess with you and say, was one of those teams going to be the Orioles? We can talk about the Orioles. The 10, 12, 13 game win streak, uh, above 500 for the first time in 17 years, probably. Um, Maybe the ALCS. Incredible. Like, like Seven years ago, they have they have an incredible uh, home record too. They 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 changed up Camden Yards and now no one can win there. It's like good for them. Yeah, that is probably the most impressive thing. They've also played way more games on the road than they've played at home, which is kind of shocking. They're they've played forty. Well, they started out. Yeah. I was say, didn't they start on the road because Camden Yards was still being done? Or because no? it wasn't ready. It was, it was like the Rangers when they redid MSG and the Islanders yeah, this I'm year. Yeah. Yes. Am I uh, making that up? What was that? Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just I was making that joke. But yeah, no, they've been really good, and you know they keep calling up all these different prospects that have been, you know, pretty good. All things considered, I know Rot. Rashman, how you pronounce the last name? Adley Rashman. I don't know. I'm terrible at pronouncing names. I know he's batting two two sixty or two sixteen, but still, you know, a, a pretty good player. It's his rookie year, and the the you know the three true outcomes of baseball. You know, he's looking decent, and they, they keep having these guys that come up. They want to play good baseball, and they're winning games, and they're figuring it out. You know, they granted they played the Angels who have been atrocious since they were lead, I think, leading the American League West, and then they fired Joe Madden with his mohawk and all that shit, and they just swept the Cubs. But, you know, they're playing Tampa Bay this weekend, so we're going to have a real test to see what they look like against, you know, the rest of the division, the best division in baseball. Yeah, and, and it, they're doing it with guys who is, – it almost, it almost gives you raise vibes, right? Like, yeah, when Longoria, yeah. Longoria and them first came up, and they like didn't really have like they just made the playoffs out of nowhere, and then they went on that little three to four year run where they went to the World Series and lost the Phillies and lost to whoever else they lost to. And well, they only made it once in that run into the World Series. They made the playoffs a bunch, but they only made the World Series once. Right. 
Um, so, so yeah, I mean, that, that to me sort of is, is that's the vibes I'm getting. Uh, maybe another year or two away from like what the Rays did. Cause I feel like Longoria was a little older when, maybe when the Cubs, maybe yeah. actually, maybe that's what it is when the Cubs, like when Rizzo and Bryant and, but I guess they had more established players anyway. Um, it is maybe like, a, it's like the 2014 Cubs, like before they got Lester before, like yeah. they'd have to draw in like a big name. I feel like for them to really in 2023, like make a serious jump to make the ALCS like the Cubs right. did in 2015. But I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and then, and then moving on the other way, the team that just swept the Phillies in Toronto, they fired their manager. They did. They are ice cold. Aside from despite, the Phillies sweep. Aside saying, from the Phillies sweep. the Phillies. Well, what's funny is they fired him the day after the first Phillies win, which seemed like a, you know, a pretty good managed game by the, by Montero, I think it was his last name. And now they came out and they spanked the Phillies the day that they fired their manager. So what was that saying? So, you know, this is a team where they're pitching. They said it on the broadcast during the Phillies game of their bullpen is it's, you know, it's Jekyll and Hyde. That's going to be one thing one day and one thing the other. You know, they let up a ton of runs and they have decent starting pitching, but when they're not on, it's it's really not on. And, you know, their offense is really good and they have really good fielding. I mean, they made how many great plays against the Phillies? I don't know if you got to see the highlights on SportsCenter or something like that. Carlos Correa had an incredible play in center field. Tapia had a really good play in the second game. Uh, to steal what would have just been like a two uh, a one out single or something like that, but the Correa web gem would have been a sure double for Scherzer and or not Scherzer for Schwarber still had Max Scherzer on the brain and probably scores a run. I think I forget who was on bait. I think it was Matt Veerling maybe, but it would have been, probably would have been a run at least runners at second and third with one out and instead incredible play. So you know if they can figure out their pitching and maybe it's the same thing there that you were talking about with the Red Sox of getting a little healthier, figuring out the right guys. Um, you know, maybe they figure it out that way. Cause their offense, when it's buzzing, it's buzzing, you know? And I know they haven't scored as many runs as the Red Sox or the Yankees, but those are two really good offenses. And they've just been really cold in July. They've, I think they said before the series against the Phillies, they had hit like maybe, three or four home runs in the entire month or something like that. And they were averaging like less than two runs a game. And then boom, the bats came to life. Granted, it's the Phillies pitching, which we already heard me complain about that, but still they came to life and they have one of the cooler celebrations. They have a fucking blazer. They give to people, which was really cool to see despite the fact they were spanking the Phillies. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like the Marlins uh, football helmet a little oh, yeah, more. The football, the football helmet's great. That's a good one. Um, but again, it all started with the Red Sox and their little fucking cart ride they did. And also with the, it started with Mookie and the Benintendi and, and Jackie Riley Jr. doing the little celebrations they used to do in center field. That started this whole little movement. Anyway. Um, the guys have done the, the center field one, but the... The no, no. home run thing. Yeah. yeah, you're right. The Red Sox started that. But there have been some good ones. There have been some really good ones. Um, Remember the turnover I, chain? Yeah, I was about to say, it, it coincided with the turnover chain. Yeah. So, real quick, like, is there, is there, hmm, the best way to put this, it seems like all these teams have great relief pitching. Obviously, Blue Jays 
after you just said they didn't, but Blue Jays notwithstanding and the Phillies notwithstanding, is there a, a lack of good starting pitching or are they just all on the same team? Like, is, is there a reason why none of these teams have teams to have good, consistent pitching? You know, the Yankees have one guy, obviously, in Cole. Well, uh, I guess the Mets have Nestor's, uh, Cortez. Nestor's had an incredible he, season. Uh, he's stung against the Red Sox. But, okay. Um, it's one start. Guess, they start 30 games a year. Yeah, well, if you don't beat the Red Sox, then you, you really say you're good? It's just, it's just like the <laughs> anyway, Spoken like a um, true rival. Uh, Shohei Otani, right? He's a good pitcher. Like, is, is, is are there good starting? Like, is are they just all on the same team? Like, where where are all the good starting pitchers? Well, one is is in Oakland and is probably going to get traded, Frankie Montas. Um, and then there's like there's a lot of big names, right? Like that have been they're now you know over the hump and a little bit past their prime, but still will you know dig into the bag and have really good games. And then. Another player that we thought was over the hump but is having an incredible season, like Adam Wainwright. So there's a team that has a bunch of good starting pitchers, the, the Cardinals, despite their record. Um, and despite having like really good rookies, really good hitting, they just they're inconsistent. They're, the, their bullpen's all in shambles. Um, the Braves, probably. The, but the, Bra- like, the Braves, like, that's actually a really good point. That's what makes the Braves so frustrating is like their starting pitching was a was kind of a question mark. And the players that were actual like liabilities are having really good seasons, and annoys the shit out of me. Well, it's funny because uh, you know the when I went to a Brewers game, it seems like they have five like pitchers that oh, the, the Brewers give up. Yeah, yeah, they give up three runs, two to three runs a game, max. You know, let's say average it out, and then their bullpen is that good that they they just keep it to whatever, and they get enough offense. That, like that's how they're doing so well, and it's almost like, or why they're leading their division at least. I don't know about doing well, but it's almost like the the day and age of like having the dominant starting pitcher. Obviously, Degrom and and Otani, you know, take them out of it. But the days of having that are it almost feels like are over because everyone, you know, everyone's got this fuck. It's copycat lead, right? Everyone's got the massive bullpens. They got the start. They got the. I mean, the starting two best pitcher teams in goes, baseball have. Three or they have four. the starting pitcher who goes. They have the starting pitcher who goes one inning. No, the, you, the opener's not. We just we, did, we the just went to the Yankees. The Yankees, the Yankees and the they Dodgers. Four pitchers. The Yankees and the they, they have, they have three. They probably have like two, maybe two and a half. If we're gonna do some fractional shit, but they both both of those teams have very good starting pitching, and they have multiple of them. To answer your question, are are there teams that have multiple good ones? Three division leaders have multiple starting good starting pitchers, and like the Giants have really good starting pitching that just like really doesn't get like talked about because it's the Giants and they're in the same division as the Dodgers and they're like floating around in the in the wild card right now. But they have good starting pitching, and yeah, there are teams that have them. And but you're right, if you have a really good bullpen, I mean, this all started with the Royals when they went on their improbable run to the World Series in 2015 yeah, or that, 2014. That. Before they even That's won a great it, callback. That's a but great they had callback. the what? They had the dudes that went. They had the automatic seventh, eighth, nine guys that like in those in that 2014 playoffs. It was we didn't care who the starter was. We didn't care if he went six innings. We can bring in a dude in the bullpen. We can hand the guy the ball in the seventh inning, and then now we have our setup guy, which setup man. I just say as long as they as long as they lead by the six, they were fine. Yeah, they were fine, and they went on that run. So like we've had like to your point of the copycat league, and this isn't like a. Like, the Rays started the opener conversation, but, like, they kind of stole 
And granted, like they weren't starting relievers, but they figured out, oh, the Royals just won the World Series a couple years ago by having a dominant bullpen. So let's figure out how to do that. But if you have a really good starting pitcher that can get you to the point that you just have a seventh, eighth, and ninth guy, then you're fine. Yeah, I just it just it just to me seems like we're going we're going in the wrong we're going away from starting pitching and I guess now that we have the universal DH it almost feels like it's a foregone conclusion. Maybe. Then again, the Dodgers have four pitchers that have started more than ten games. I know Clayton Kershaw was hurt for a little bit, so discount that where you will. But they have Four pitchers that all have sub starting pitchers that have sub three ERAs, and Tony Gonzalez is almost at two. So there's a reason why they have the best record in the National League. You know, Nola has the has the least amount of average uh, walks per nine innings. I did know that. Yeah, Aaron Nola's having a really good season, even though the Phillies for a while he, couldn't win any back, of his huh? starts. Yeah, you know, this is 2018 Nola. It's it's exciting wow. to see. But you still, like I mentioned before, you still have that one inning that you got to worry about. So there's still, you know, there's some shades of the 2019 to 21 Nola in there. He's back, baby. You know, it's you know, it's like Texas. It's like Texas. Is Texas back? Maybe, maybe for a little bit. So let's see it. Let's see the full season. Let's see the the full picture before we really yes, declare please. Nola back. Is Texas back, please? All right, Jordy. I know we're jumping all over the map here. Um, yeah, but we don't need to talk about the. Yeah, we don't need to talk about. We don't. We don't need to talk about the American League Central. You know, we knew the Guardians were going to drop off. The White Sox are surprised. The Twins. We talked about that. We knew they were going to be the Twins. They do this every year. Houston, a thousand percent running away with the West. No, no surprise. We talked about Seattle already. Um, are you surprised of all the t- trade talk around Trout and Otani? Uh, that ESPN has been throwing out there the last couple of days. Oh, I was about to say, the, where are you seeing this? With the Angel, well, the worst reputable source in the fucking game, ESPN, yeah. obviously. Yeah, I'd um, give zero. I anything related to baseball, I from ESPN, I only I only consume from anything related to anything. You, I don't give any credit. ESPN, the only reason why I ever use liars. ESPN, I never go on ESPN.com anymore. But the only time I ever use an ESPN sports related app are two times. One is for fantasy football because the league I'm in with Matty D, our Lehigh League, is on ESPN, and I hate it. And the fucking NCAA tournament app because they because people like using ESPN for that for some stupid fucking reason. I never go on there, and I don't I don't read it. I used to actually that's a lie. I would read the Matthew Barry stuff, but now he left ESPN, so I have zero reason to go to ESPN for their stuff. That is dumb if they're actually talking about trying to trade it because a you would need to trade either of them to a big market team that can afford those contracts. And would a big market team want to take on those for maybe one of the like biggest every, trades ever? Every, every team in every team in every team in baseball would take Otani. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's o- not, not every team would take Trout. Every team would take Otani. Is Otani on the mega contract yet? He got extended, didn't he? I don't, I don't know. Cause this is only what his third season. He's coming off injury. Or the surgery was that last year? That was last year. He played the full year last year. Shohei Otani, but he but he didn't pitch. Salary. He didn't start the year pitching. When what was the year where he only he, like, oh Shohei Otani only makes five million dollars right now? So maybe. Yeah, 
And he's like definitely going to walk. But anyway. Yeah, he's um, so his deal expires at the end of this year. He'll be eligible for arbitration effectively entering the process as two players because he's a pitcher and a hitter. So maybe that's where that that talk is coming from with Otani of like how that like how the hell do the Angels figure this out? But it would be it would be dumb if you don't figure out a way to do that, especially like they have the owner that wants to like make this team super vi- you know they want to make it a long-term success in the you know, they wanted to try to invest in pitching, they brought in Thor and you know that's been a thing and it would be dumb. I mean, if you really think like we can recoup assets because this guy's only getting paid five million, and we can try to be like, "Hey, you're gonna have to pay this guy, so give us a ton of fucking prospects for him or whatever you want to, however you want to do it." That would be dumb. Yeah, just for the rights to negotiate the contract. Um, it's kind of funny because Otani was like, "I want to go to an American League team, the DH, and I want to go to a, like LA, basically." But now everyone has a DH and. They're bigger markets everywhere. Anyway, um, yeah. So I'm glad. I'm glad you and I are on the same page on that. We talk about the NL East a little bit, um, and then the Central. I mean, two team race: Brewers, Cardinals. We talked a little bit about the Cardinals and touched briefly on the Brewers. But do you have anything additional to say? I mean, are, are we surprised that um, they're both limping I mean, right be, now? I it's mean, going to be a seesaw back and forth. It's going to be a seesaw. They're both limping right now. I mean, it'll be it, like the Pirates are playing good baseball right now. They had a very interesting series with the Marlins. They ended up sweet, uh, splitting. And the like, not to shy away from your question about it, the seesaw, it's going to be a seesaw. And if one team's going to pull away from another, they're going to have to make a blockbuster trade, get a big guy. And do the Brewers want to do that? Is it like the conversation we just had of like, do you do some sort of like, fa- or what were we talking about with the Phillies? Like a fantasy, like, we have pitching. We can give you a starter. We want to take a batter. Who would you put into that lineup? And then the the Cardinals never like they. I shouldn't say never because they traded for Goldschmidt. They traded for Arenado, but they're never really like a huge trade team. I guess they acquired what Matt Holiday one year. Wow, they've had, wow. They really like to uh, stick it to the Rockies. But can I? Can I'm I? Sorry, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. I've, I've never liked the Cardinals. Oh, I hate the Cardinals. I've but, always hated them. I've been born it, it, into disliking the Cardinals because half of I, my family is our Cubs fans. But fuck them. They always win. I, they beat the Phillies in 2011. No, I never liked them then. They broke the okay. system last year. There's can a lot I, of reasons I, I hate seeing those. Yeah, you go. I'm sorry. Can I, can I say what I was going to say? Yeah, please. I feel like they're the – what's the right way to put this? I feel like they're the Celtics and Lakers of baseball. I feel like this, like the like the Yankee is like they're like the like the every player like wants to play for them. Or it's like it's like the established team that people think of when they think of baseball. And I don't yeah. think that. I but I I personally don't think that way. And I've been a baseball fan my whole life, and you've been a baseball fan your whole life. When I think of Major League Baseball, I don't think of the St. Louis Cardinals. Well, there's so many players. We talked about this last week. They find dudes just walking around from a rib joint. They're like, hey, can you swing a baseball bat? Great. And then they end up hitting a fucking game-tying and then game-winning home run in Game 6 of the World Series, David Fries. But who? <laughs> that guy went from a starting pitcher to an outfielder. No, 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 no. No, you're thinking of uh, you're thinking of a different Cardinals player uh, who then ended up being on steroids. Remember that? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. No, he, this is late. This, yeah, Rick Ankeel. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, um, no, but they have all these but, different dudes. I think I think Gorman is is a Missouri guy or might be from Kansas, but close enough to but, St. Louis. Like they sorry, find all point. these dudes in the area. But but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying is like I feel like they're they're the team that you know like all, like Arenado being like oh yeah I've dreamed of it. like it's like the Maple Leafs oh yeah I've dreamed of playing them my whole life and it's like oh at least the Maple Leafs are original six teams. But like I don't understand where this like the players love for playing in, for the St. Louis Cardinals or like they're this mythical franchise and organization that people want to go to it just doesn't make sense to me um i don't know maybe because like you think about it realistically the yankees are the celtics and lakers of baseball right yeah um and and you could argue probably the dodgers for the national league maybe maybe the mets uh the braves i don't know the dodgers probably so i think it's because the cardinals Cardinals and the braves both because of like the long term, like they've been in the National League forever, and because specifically the Braves like figured out cable TV broadcasts. Like everybody, everybody in the South is a Braves fan because Turner figured out TBS and putting the Braves on TBS. The Cardinals are kind of the same way that I think their radio broadcasts were like all over the Midwest. So like players, you know, players always heard them, and they always had a lot of exposure. They've won the the most amount of World Series out of any National League team, so that might be where the Celtics-Lakers thing comes from. But I think specifically, kind of going back to the the Cardinals never really make trades, and except for Arenado and Goldschmidt and and a couple other note, noteworthy ones. But they're a team that they're a good organization that brings up talent. They really know how to homegrown their talent. So I like that might be where it's coming from, and they find talent. They find it all over the place. That's where this rib joint joke came from. But yeah, fuck the Cardinals. They, I hate them. Um, yeah. So anyway, and move on to the West. Uh, well, no, before we move pod- on to the West, I wanted to give the Pirates their their flowers because O'Neill Cruz is awesome. Even though they had a very Pirates play today, I don't know if you saw this, but they had a play where the batter check swung, and it, it was two outs, and there was a runner on third base. And the guy thought he didn't see that they appealed to the umpire. So the guy in third base kept running and ends up getting tagged out by the, by the catcher. Oh no. He thought it was, he thought it was a drop third strike and it was, it oh, was appealed no. to be a ball. So the guy was sprinting home. That sucks. Yeah. It was very pirates play. But yeah, the so, West. Go, wait, let's talk about the, they have a shortstop who's taller than Aaron Judge. O'Neill Cruz. This guy is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He threw a ball like 98 miles an hour from shortstop today. It's incredible. Yeah, he's um, awesome. I hope. Yeah, he's yeah a tall guy I can get behind, unlike that fucking pos judge. Anyway, judge watch. Um, it's on. It is, but Schwarber watch. That's what we're rooting for. Um, I'm all bored. Padre, well, especially because Schwarber plays in the fucking. Well, I guess they're both in minor league parks. They both have the short, short right field. Kyle Schwarber hits home runs to center field at Citizens Bank Park which is not Little League. The right field was made for left-handed batters. That is a fact. But center field and left in left field, not very hitter-friendly. They're hitter-friendly, but not very hitter-friendly. Kyle Schwarber's hit a couple home runs that, like, the Wood It Dong account shows, like, oh, it's less than 10 ballparks. And he has a lot of those home runs. That's fine, as long as he breaks the record ahead of Fuckface and, I mean, uh, anyway, um... Padres, all these injuries, Jordy, they're they're hanging around and they're very much in the playoffs. Um, 
what the second or third wild card. So good for them, I guess. You know, do you think when they get healthy, you think they make a, a legit run at the Dodgers? I mean, it's only nine and a half, nine games. Is there a chance or no? So they're another team that has a lot of starting pitching. I'm surprised we did not mention them of having Musgrove, Darvish, Manaya, former A. Any 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 West any West any West team West team. This happens in every sport. Any West team gets no love. You know, your we're games are too late. We're part. We're you're, part no, of the problem. We're not. We're not part of the problem. Their games are too late, and they're just not. Yeah, Blake Snell, but they have all these names, right? And they've had okay and seasons. Not, they're not Mookie bets. So. And there's guys that anyway. are hurt. You mentioned it. And I, the only reason why I, I don't want to say yes, because I'd love a great pennant race. We had one last year, one of the great ones between the Giants and the Dodgers in, in the West. And I'd love to see that come back, because that's Yankees, Red Sox, the National League. Maybe Phillies, Mets, maybe Mets, Braves, maybe Phillies, Braves. But that that has to be the all-time National League comparison to the to the Yankees and the Red Sox as much as I might be biased towards NL East ones that'd be great Giants are 12 and a half games out the Dodgers are nine and a half games out and to reiterate what we said on the NL West podcast I will see it when I believe it of this team actually having a good second half of the season we saw it a year ago and then Fernando Tatis got hurt he is going to come back soon ish we don't know when at least I don't think there's an official date. But we will have to see what this team does because you're exactly right. We've seen it. We saw it last year too. They had a ton of injuries and guys, they were like the, they had like the best walk rate in Major League Baseball by like leaps and bounds over the next team. And then the second half of the season, they just started to fall apart. And it, I get it. Tatis was having MVP season, falls apart. The team was nothing without him. Quote unquote, nothing. But I just need to see it when I believe it of, of what this team can really do because, you know, they have guys that are having decent seasons and your buddy Manny Machado batting over 300 is 15 homers, 25 ribbies. You know, that's on pace for 100 ribbies, even though he's missed some games, so he hasn't played the full tilt of the season. So we'll see what he ends up with, with at least 90, right? That's a pretty good season. I just need to see it when I believe it of what this team can actually do. All right, that's fair. I I don't. I also believe that I agree with you. I don't think they catch the Dodgers. Uh, I do think they make the playoffs, though. Uh, Gabe the Babe, you think he's able to turn things around for the you know like should have been manager of the year. Should have been manager of the year last year. He was manager um, of the year last year. Uh, yeah, I'm glad. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad he was. It's late. Uh, manager of the year last year. You think he's able to turn it around for them or no? He probably wouldn't be able to travel to, to, to Toronto. He's he's that crazy. Um, I don't know uh, the answer to that question because he his actions would say otherwise. If we're going on the full political spectrum, I'll put it that way. Of you know, he kneeled at the start of the twenty twenty season, so you know you can connect those dots. But yeah, I mean they're three games above five hundred. They're right there. I think the real question becomes. You know, objectively, are the Phillies going to stick around? What happens in the NL Central, which I feel like is just going to be the, the, the teeter-totter, but do they turn into, like, the mid-2000s or early to mid-2000s NL West of, like, one team gets in and pr- it would have been, you know, whatever-eth wild card if they were in any other division. 
Like, does that end up happening, especially with how good of baseball the NL West can play? There's a team, the Giants, that, I don't know, it's a really interesting question you bring up because I mentioned they have good starting pitching, and they've kind of had this up and down year of sometimes they look really good and sometimes not so good. And their bullpen has been all over the board where they had to DFA Jake McGee, a guy who had an incredible season last year as their closer. And the guy's ERA is over seven. He's in the minors right now. I think he cleared waivers. And they're kind of figuring out what their bullpen looks like in that regard. So I don't know. You would think that he can figure it out. He has two really good guys in Webb and Radone, Alex Wood and Alex Cobb, uh, who both were on the team. I think Alex, I think Alex Cobb is a trade deadline guy. But they, you know, they're they're having okay years. ERA is over four, not so great. But to answer your question, I think it really comes down to what ends up happening in the Giants' bullpen for them to really stay relevant in this conversation where last year it was one of the best in the, in the bigs, and this year not so much. Yeah. That's a great point. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, the, the, rare, the, rare, the rare agreeing with you. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, uh, I, the Central per- confuses me because those two teams, Brewers and Cardinals, like you would assume that they're both in, but that those aren't great records. No, they're not good records. A, you know, kind of middle of the road, runs scored, and the Cardinals have a really – they have really good pitching and have a really good run differential. So you would think that they should go up. But you would also think that the Brewers should have let up less runs than they did. They have some spots where they're – you know, a starter has a bad day. They've had a couple miscues from Josh Hader. Like, so both teams could be better, and we'll – you know, we just have to see what they end up doing it at the trade deadline. Do they add something to try to get a spark for either of those two teams? The benefit of the Giants have is they they get to play the Central a lot coming down the stretch here. It looks like they have a pretty relatively easy schedule. So do the the Phillies get to play the Central teams a lot. They've barely played anyone on the Central. Yeah, they haven't played the Cubs, the Reds, or the Pirates yet, which is huge. They've only played eight games against the Nationals. They got an easy schedule. You played the Mets most of the time, so they didn't have their two best pitchers. Yeah, they they don't play the Mets that much. They play them twice in August. They They still have to play the Braves a lot which is concerning. They closed the season in Houston, which hopefully Houston's you know, wrapped up the AL West and they're resting guys. And, you know, but who knows? Who knows with, with the Phillies? But we're talking about the Giants and where, where they're going to be. You're right. They've only played 17 games against that division where you're prop. So they probably have around 13 more. You, know, you play every team. In theory, you play all five teams six times. So five times three is 30. So, right. you know, you have that that going for you. Um, so we'll just have to see, right. Of what this team ends up doing. And I, I really do think it, it comes down to, I mean, you were talking about the starting pitching is available. Is there, are there bullpen guys available? Can the giants go out and get somebody? Oh, there's bullpen guys all over the fucking place. I'll tell you that. The Red Sox have like 17 of them. Yeah. All right. That's fair. I mean, I guess it's, <laughs> so I guess to your point about the bullpen Yankee, games, the, the Yankees are about to trade Chapman. I'll tell you that. Well, do you want Chapman? Uh, someone will take him. Sorry, yeah, keep going. Probably. No, but to your point of, and Chapman's actually a really good example of this, but he's not having a good year. But, like, even, you know, in years that we've been doing the podcast, I mean, this is the sixth year we've been doing it. But, like, 
2017, 2018, 2019, they were huge names on the market, right? For relievers that ended up being these like, you know, kind of pennant chase tide turners like Brad Hand when he was on the Indians, the now Guardians. And, um, you know, like he was like, I, I think, who did he get traded to? Uh, or no, he was on the Padres and got traded to Cleveland. And that was like the, you know, the then Indians. Yeah, that was like that was huge that they picked him up and all that kind of stuff. You're right that there are there's so many like the market's so saturated that it could just be a, a random name that ends up being your savior. I I don't want to get sidetracked here, but you've said I'm right fifteen times in the last uh let's say You're five Greg, minutes. Greg, we don't and, call you the profit and, for nothing. And I love it, and I want us to like clip it and somehow, somehow, just play it on a loop. Um, Can we make a shirt out of it? <laughs> Sell some merch? Yeah. Greg was right. Greg was right. No. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, you have a hard time thinking the Giants make it. I, no, I didn't so say tough. I have a hard time thinking it. I think I would like. I'd rather see them make it than the. I'd like to see the Padres make it because it would just be fun to have a different team in there. Well, the, Padres, the, the Padres are definitely making it. I feel like the Dodgers and Padres are making it. I, see, it's I don't the, know. I have the, a harder time believing the Padres the, make the playoffs than the Giants do. And I know the Giants have dude, like six. Six teams make it, right? Seven teams make it. Seven teams make it, right? So you get the the three the three leaders, right? Oh no, no, no! You no get it's the East no, no, definitely. No, you're right. get, it's six teams. I'm thinking football. It's six oh, teams make it. Gr- sorry, Greg. Sorry, Greg was right. Fucking print me a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Greg was right again. I should just trust myself. Not all right. So, so you get the three division leaders. The East is definitely getting, definitely getting two teams. So that's two. Uh, the Central, let's say, gets one. That's three teams. The West gets, let's say, let's just say one. That's four. Right. The West, I think, is getting two. I think the Padres are in. That's five. Where is the six team coming from? Is the six team coming from the central? Is it going to be the Phillies in third, or is it going to be the Giants in third, or is it going to be Cardinals? I don't Burge? think it's. I don't think it's the Padres. That's my thought. I need right. to see it. I need to see what the San Diego so, Padres so, do. So, so you don't think? So you don't think the West gets two? You think the West only gets one? I think the Giants have a better shot at making the playoffs than, than the that San is, Diego Padres. That good for you. I wouldn't go out on that limb. Good for you. The Padres have been hurt all year. They're going to get everyone back and healthy. They'll be fine. That, I mean, I'm impressed that you just said that. I'm good for you. Good so your you. point of your point of how many times have they played the Central? They've played them 29 times. They have to go. They play the Diamondbacks this weekend. They go to the Mets to start the second half of the year. They play the Tigers, so we'll see what they look like in interleague play. They play the Twins in August. They play the Rockies, which should be wins. Then they play the Dodgers, the Giants. All right, they play the Nationals three times. They got to play Cleveland. We'll see what they look like in August. They got to go to San Francisco at the end of the month. Then there's September. They play the Los Angeles Dodgers nine times. Nine times. Yeah, trying to do my, my Edward Rooney impression there. And then they got to close the season against the Giants, which if that's for a wild card spot, would be absolutely electric if that is for the fit like jockeying for fifth and sixth. If it's for sixth and seventh, that's even better. If it's for fourth and fifth, because the Mets or the Braves somehow fell off in the second half of the year, I don't see that happening. But you no, know, any which way, that would be awesome. 
But I need to yeah. see what they do. I need to see what they do. And they play the Diamondbacks a lot, which is great because the Diamondbacks are, are terrible. But now take the Phillies out of it. If the Philly, let's say the Phillies were guaranteed in a, as the division leader, would you would you still say this have this take? If the Phillies win the National League East, there is no fucking way two teams come out of the West because the Braves and Mets are making the playoffs. Right. So well, okay. So the three. So three teams from the East. We're also assuming that the Braves and that the Braves and and Brewers or not Braves, Cardinals and Brewers end up being somewhere in that conversation. That one of them remains in the wild card, which maybe well, it does. But because... that's the point right now. As it stands right now, Jordy. The Phillies are are what the Phillies and Giants uh, are out right now. No, no. Well, the Phil- the Phillies and Cardinals are the same. They're two games. They're one game in the loss column separating them, right? True. So, so the the in theory the Phillies they're in a dogfight for the wild card with the Cardinals. That's my point. So, you know, I think it's two teams from the West. Two teams. I think I, I would agree. It's two teams to the West, one, but one, I, one the Central. I have a harder time believing the San Diego Padres make the playoffs. I know their pitching's been Fair. really good to start the year, but we Fair. saw what happened last year when they had really good starting pitching. Again, yeah, but it's a reverse. The difference is the, di- it's the a difference. Reverse is the they guy lost is, Tatis, and Tatis is coming back. But as I say, is it guaranteed that Tatis is going to be Tatis all the way to like what we saw when two years ago? We're like, this guy is. So much fun. He is probably the most exciting player in baseball to watch. And all the jargon we, we had in the episode that was called Tatis is fun. Like, is he going to be there? Because there's a reason why, like, he hasn't come back yet. Anyway, I, I hear you. I, anyway, these I are disagree. Like, they're late we night disagree. theories. We're late night theories We disagree. Um, before, coming in tonight, I feel like Schwarber had 27 and Judge had 30. And now it's 31-28. So both those guys had home runs tonight. Uh, the Huge Phillies didn't play. The... Phillies didn't play. Okay, so, that, so then he had was, 28 going so, tonight. Okay, so either way, huge for 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 our little uh, tracker here. Um, I'm pumped. So just so we're clear, Aaron Judge sat out the first game against the Red Sox because he had calf soreness. Interesting. Calf soreness. What a fucking. I know we're supposed to be rooting for him, but what a fucking asshole. Anyway. <laughs> Fuck, man. Love how much you hate him. It's so funny. Let's talk, about, let's talk about Rafi Devers leading the league, or second in all of baseball, leading the American League in hits. Let's talk about how good he is. Let's talk He's about Rafi Devers is great. No love from anyone. He's third in all of Major League Baseball for batting average. Yeah, three twenty-five. He, uh, he's having an incredible, incredible season. He's better than Mike Trout, I'll tell you that. Anyway. Whoa, um, whoa, 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 So, 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 Jordy. Oh, the the Reds won. The Reds beat the Yankees. The Let's Yankees go. lost a series to the, <laughs> to the Cincinnati Reds, which might not be a Let's good sign go. for the Phillies. But, Greg, Greg instant reaction. Instant reaction. Uh, the Yankees have already won the division, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, I need the Yankees to beat up on everyone else in the American League except for the Red Sox. All right. I like it. Should we wrap this thing but it, up? But I will say this. Yeah. People are saying, not me, not me. People are saying, again, not me. The Reds, What the Red Sox did to the Yankees 
in the final two games of their four-game series absolutely destroyed the Yankees' confidence, and it's proof that they because they went out and they lost the next series versus the Reds. The Yankees went in there thinking they were this untouchable team. They had the best bullpen. They had this and this and this. They had Garrett Cole. They had blah, blah, blah. Game one, they win, but Garrett Cole gets tattooed for six runs, five runs, uh, uh, gives it up. Okay. Game two is game two. Game three, Red Sox down four runs, come back and win. Was game that four, Red Sox. Game? Yeah. Game I watched four, that game. Sunday. That game was awesome. Set, yeah, during the day. Sunday night game, Red Sox were down four runs twice. Two different times in the game, they're down four runs, came back and won in extras against this quote unquote famed Phillies or um, Yankee bullpen that's supposed to be the best in baseball and has all these studs. And, da, 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 and guess what? The Red Sox manhandled them. And, and the Yankee fans, oh, oh we're, we're injured. We're the, da, 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 you know, Rizzo and fucking Judge's calves and. Uh, Cortez shaves his mustache and da, da da da. It's like, all right, dude, you just lost a series to the, to the Reds because the Red Sox sh- 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 push your shit in. Um, <laughs> so the rest of Major League Baseball can thank the Red Sox for doing that. Um, instant reaction, Jordy. You know, it, it's like the it's like in hockey when the fourth line goes out and spends two minutes in the in the opposing team's offensive zone, and then the first line comes on immediately and they score a goal. And all the credit goes to the fourth line because they, you just put the other team on their heels and then the first line reaps the benefit, right? That's that's what it is. The Red Sox were the fourth line grinding it out, getting the getting the other team on their heels, and out comes the first line, Cincinnati Reds, to win the, to win the series against the Yankees. <laughs> oh, my God. That is a, that's a good note to end on. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, real quick. Okay. This Alcantara kid from Miami. Oh, he's great. He's really good. Unbelievable. Yeah. Are you just finding out about him? No. My my question is, are they in a position to trade him? Or is this a, we're going to have him forever and we're not actually trying to win. We're just, you know, we're just going to do what the Rays do and get all these young guys and then trade them as soon as they reach their first contract. Can the Red Sox pick him up? <laughs> I don't think they're looking to trade him because they have him. They have Lopez. They they have some pretty. They're a good one-two punch, and the Marlins have made all these different trades, both in the late Jeter era and the post Jeter era, of picking up guys that have um, you know done done a decent job. And they have really good pitching. If you remember in the COVID season, they made the playoffs, and there was a lot of high hopes for them last year. They didn't end up being that great, even though the Nationals ended up tanking and or effectively tanking. They traded away everybody. But um, to your, answer your question, I don't think they would trade him. I think that's a piece they want to build around. It just becomes a question of, you know, how do you build a team in Miami? Do you go the, do you go the raise route and figure it out that way? Um, but if, if you're the Marlins, you are trying to figure out how to give this kid as much money as humanly possible because he is an absolute stud. Yeah, so it sounds like you're saying the Red Sox won't be able to trade for him. I don't think anybody's going to be able to trade for him, is my point. That's disappointing. Disappointing. All right. Um, yeah. Quick golf talk, Jordy. Yeah, so... Um, oh. the, let's forget about let's forget about the, the British Open going on, or the Open, as they like to call it. 
Let's talk about your handicap going down to like <laughs> sub ten for the first time in a, since two years. No, it's not the first time in two years. It's uh, it started the year sub ten, uh, went back above ten, and now it's at a nine two is my index. So let's talk about that. Look at you. Yeah, you know, I said this in the last podcast. Of I start the year off slow, and then uh, I'm like Kyle Schwarber. The calendar changes to June, and I turn it on. Kyle Schwarber, what a guy. Kyle Schwarber had should... eight home runs going on, going into June 1st. Now he has 28. Jordy, he should be in Boston. Uh, you know what it was? Because they didn't, they didn't play enough games in, in Philly uh, at the, the Little no, League Park. that's not true. They played a, a decent amount of home games. They uh, just... It's because, it was, you know what, listen. This is this time to turn it on. Tell him to lose to Pujols on purpose so he can he can break he can break sixty two. We're on we're on sixty two watch. We're as a podcast we're we're committed. I mean that'd be pretty awesome. If you talked about it last week, it would be pretty cool to see. We're on sixty. We're and we're gonna call it Brad Marchand watch sixty three. We're on. All 63 right. He had eleven watch. home runs through the first two months. But he had twelve home runs in June. He has five already in July. So, so still still he has more home runs than how in- low your handicap is. <laughs> Yes, he did. <laughs> um, real quick, the U- uh, the British Open um, talk. Uh, should we know this kid? I know he's a rookie. The kid is leading. Did Game he go young. to college? Did he play in college? Did he like w- w- was he one of those Stanford Oregon kid? Like what? What's his deal? Um, I don't know the answer to if he went to college. I'm looking that up right now. Um, mm-hmm. He he went to Wake Forest. And oh, yeah. he looks like he, tur- he turned pro in 2019. So three years ago. So he was 22. So he went to college four years, it looks like. Um, yeah, but I mean, he really came onto the well, scene. Well, just because you turn pro doesn't mean that you're not a rookie on tour. You could have been. No, no, no. He's a, web. a rookie on tour. But I'm saying 2022, if you're doing the quick math, that he's 25. So he turned pro three years ago. So he probably went to college for four years. Then he turned pro. was on the Corn Ferry. And no, but to your point, he really came under the scene. He he had a couple scares going into the PGA, and then really, you know, cemented himself on. He was in second behind Mito Pereira for a while. Ends up coming in third, and you know, really put himself on, you know, on the you know on the map. And he came in second at the Genesis. I mentioned that before, before the Masters, before the the PGA, the U.S. Open, and all that stuff. He missed the cut at both the Masters and the and the U.S. Open, and now has come to come out really hot. You would think, I think right now that the T seventy I think is even par, so you'd think he'd have to really screw up oh, to not. We got we got to get Tiger turning down here. Um, yeah. Real quick, uh, okay, sorry. Thank you for giving us that. Let's move on to the next thing. Um, Rory McIlroy. Oh yeah. So so another great. Thursday for Rory in a major. Yeah, seriously. All the talk has been that no Englishman has won in a while, right? He's not an Englishman. He is a Northern Ireland. I know. I know, but he, I, I know that. And you know that. But Northern Ireland is a part of England. It's a part of and the United Kingdom. Has, he always has that flag next to his fucking name. Yeah, it's the Northern Ireland flag. It's not Eng- the English flag. I don't, I think it is. No, the look up Northern Ireland. Google it right now. Okay, it's very close to Lee the English flag. Lee, Lee Westwood is the same one. It's not the same one. They're very similar flags. Okay. Um, all right. 
next question. Next, next point. Okay. But can we talk about that for a second? Because you actually made a really good point that an Englishman Thank hasn't you. won the Open in a very long time, and it was Let's the same thing. It. it was the same thing with Wimbledon that Andy Murray's like the only Englishman to win Wimbledon since like the sixties. Because the you know, last. I was about to, I... I wanted to make that same point. I'm glad you brought it up. Nice the job. last the last English winner was Nick Faldo in 1992. Damn. Because the only two other ones from any of the of the Brit the countries within the United Kingdom are Paul Lowry in 1999, Darren Clark in 2011, and Rory in 2014, and then. And we've had a couple full Irish, regular Ireland. Uh, actually, that sounds controversial. Irelanders, not Northern Irelanders, um, that have won. Shane Lowry, Padraig Carrington. But yeah, a British person is not a British man. Well, actually, person. It, the Open is open to everybody. Um, same with the U.S. Open. But has not won since 1982. It's crazy. That is crazy. So if Roy wins, does that count as an Englishman winning? No, it does not. He's he's from Northern Ireland. Yes, you and I say that, but it'd be like someone from Puerto Rico. Yeah, I guess you're right. Someone from Puerto Rico winning, even though they're U.S. territory. All right. Hey, Puerto um, Rico, we didn't even talk about this. They announced the World Baseball Classic is back. Yeah, that's pretty sick, actually. We should have talked about that. Yeah. Well, we can talk they about it. They announced it on Sunday Night Baseball, Red Sox Yankees. Yeah. It's awesome. That was, that that was is the start awesome. of this I'm... podcast was the 2017 World Baseball Classic. In the United States... Only champion. We've held on to it. Well, did they win that year? They did. It was their first one. Remember, remember we talked about no, it? No, like, no, no, no. No, no they no, won no, in 2017. No. It's their I'm only... Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure the first one... The, who are, the first year, I thought Japan won it. I'm pretty sure it was Japan. The first World Baseball Classic, yes. But the first year of the podcast was 2017. Uh, and the U.S. won then. The U.S. is undefeated gotcha. in the World Baseball Classic. In terms of championships, they might have lost a game in the in the tournament. They're undefeated in World Baseball Classic championships since the bullpen cart started. So you're welcome, U.S. baseball fans. To figure out and to figure out the qualification that you just made that statement, I'm going to be in a mental pretzel for the rest of the night. Um, <laughs> well, hopefully, you're going to bed soon. I need to I'm edit pumped, the podcast. I'm pumped for it. All right. Um, <laughs> Why are, why are the tee boxes so small? Because it's the golf course was built in like the 16th century. So that means that you have small tee boxes. Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I'm not a golf course okay. architect. All right, all right. Final question: These jabronis are playing six hour rounds like you would play if you were playing city golf on the middle of a Saturday. Yeah, it was. I sat on my couch the entire day and worked for, worked from my couch instead of in this office. And I thought it was going to be done at like, they got done at nine thirty local time, which is just in fucking sane. Insane. There's not a tree in sight. And somehow we're getting six hour rounds. What are we doing? Well, they were talking about a little bit on, on the broadcast today that there's a little bit of crossover on, on some of that, but you saw it a month ago. At the country club and at Southern Hills, the PGA, that there was crossover there, and they're not playing fucking super, you know, super long rounds there. I guess maybe the only like the only reason for it is, and this is actually a, it's a bad thought of that you can only send guys off the front nine, you can't send them off the front and the back. 
But even that, like, there's no reason uh, for. I guess like sorry, I guess yeah. part of it is that they're going for like they go for it on so many of those holes because they're short. It's really firm. Guys are blasting and, it over the green yeah, from the tee box with I, like a five iron. I think that's what it is. I think I think it's because of their way. Their, everyone thinks they can drive the green. Yeah. Um. Wait. Why? I know. I know that they're sending people off of one, but why can't they send people off of nine? So. The reason. Educate us. If you look on a golf course scorecard, most of them on the front nine, when you look and you see the pars and you see, you know, the the whatever, you'll see on the front nine that it says out. On the back nine, it says in. That is because at St. Andrews, the home of golf, the first nine holes go out of town and the second nine go back into town. So the 10th tee box is, is the furthest, furthest point, point away from, from the clubhouse. Interesting. Interesting. That's yeah. kind of a cool, that's a cool little unique fact. I'm pretty sure the, the concept of front and back nine came from the U.S. Because we have so many golf courses where the first and 10th tees are on, you know, quote, the front side of the property and the back side of the property. That's. That's incredible. I don't know if that's true. There might have been like a British person that came up with it, like when they built another course. But I know why. You know, the, I know why it's out and in is because of St Andrews. The more you know, good yeah. for you, Jordy. That's why you hear them say the second nine. You don't, you don't really hear them say, "Oh, on the back, they're doing that." You might hear it a little bit just because it's the, the regular jargon, but it goes away and it comes back in. Damn, good for us. Did I just blow your mind. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking and at it right the, now. The fact that there's the fact that there's different things in different areas is even more like. Well, yeah, like I'm looking at a scorecard for my club, which is front and back nine, but it says you know hole one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then it says out where you would you know write where you, where you write what you scored on the first nine, and then 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 16, 17, 18 in, and then total. So it's used on most golf course scorecards. You're gonna see that the next time you go out play. and in versus front and back, huh? No, no, no. It, it. I mean, I think most scorecards. I'm going to pull up one from not Golf Mills. Um, do say out in instead of front back when you're adding up totals. Yeah, it says in. It says out in. So, so you're saying we us saying it out loud. No, no, no. They, they don't say. Back. They don't say. They'll say like the first nine and the second nine instead of the front nine and the back nine. But on a scorecard, you see out and in. Because of St. Andrews. Okay, so that's the only... It's not called anything else on a scorecard. No, it's still the front and back nine. I'm saying on the scorecard, you see right, out yeah. and in for the total mark. Your total score going yeah, out and your total score coming back in. I think we're saying the same thing. Yeah. Um, do you have any things you want to say about golf or questions you want to ask me? Um, yeah, that's well, how people do things. No, it's a good point. It's it's a you know it's how conversations work. Um, I'm really bummed for our golf pool that Justin Rose apparently warmed up and then his back hurt, so he, he withdrew, which really sucked. Like this is the U.S. Open, like we definitely could have just changed him out in your pool. I wouldn't be able to do it on DFS, but that's beside the point. Um, Tiger, we you mentioned it a little bit, but he he looked fine once he got settled in, but it took him six holes to get settled in. 
Uh, what else? Yeah, and if people don't know, they saw what happened on the first hole. Yeah, uh, Tiger was stuck in a divot and just he airmailed the green into the burn. Is what they call streams there. Um, so he had to take a drop and he had a double and he had another double on like the sixth hole. And then he was even par, I think, for his last 12 or 11 holes, something like that. Um, so he's six over. He's six over. He shot a 78. Um, not great, but, you know, we'll see what he does tomorrow. We'll see. He's playing in the morning, which is it's worth noting just because most of the leaders, aside from Scotty Scheffler, if you look at the top 10, played in the morning. And the guys in the afternoon struggled a little more because the wind was picking up. Um, the golf course firmed up more because it was the sun was out, the wind was blowing. Um, so that's something to look out for. You're probably listening to this as the first the morning, quote-unquote, players have already gone off because it starts in like two hours from when we're finishing this podcast right now. Um, so you're saying there's a, there's a real chance Tiger shoots a 66 and gets back under par. Yeah, there absolutely is. I mean, he... He looked so Tiger looked decent at times. I mean, the one that really you know sent the inter, set the internet ablaze, if you will, was that he hit a four hundred twelve tee shot, uh, four hundred four hundred twelve yard tee shot. So like he's hitting the ball decent. He doesn't look like he's in pain like he did at Southern Hills, but that was on day three that he really started to you know struggle and, and look that way. But there's a decent opportunity for him to go out there and score well. It just really, I mean, that's the great thing about the British Open is they just set it up. They just literally put tees in the ground and they put the holes in different positions. They don't try to fuck around with anything. They're not making the rough super long because they have all the fescue and they're not trying to make, you know, the fairway super narrow. The British Open, they just, you know, leave it be. And it really, you know, you might get a a good or bad draw with the weather. Sometimes the morning's worse to play because it's raining and then the rain goes away. So, you know, like, I don't know what the weather looks like. I'm not going to look it up, but, you know, it's the British Open's awesome. It's my fa- it's it is my favorite major and it's great for that fact. And, you know, is it the favorite major everywhere or just here? Well, when it like in general for me with the British Open. Yeah. Is your favorite major everywhere or just because that's St. Andrews? No, anywhere. It is. It's my favorite major. It always coincides. So, so you're saying you like last year's. British Open more than the Masters. Last year's British Open, what? That was... Who won last year? Um, Morikawa. Oh, yeah. That was great. Last year's British Open... Well, Greg, you have to remember, too. It's July. All the best things happen in July. You have the 4th of July. You have the MLB All-Star Game. You have the British Open. And most importantly, you have my birthday. Best month of the year. You You know what didn't happen in July? What? Your marriage. Are you saying that all those things are better than your marriage? No, April is the second best month of the year because I got married <laughs> in April. Baseball starts. You have the Masters. Yeah. You have the Final Four. That it's the three best sports months are April, July, and September, and maybe October. Debatably, because okay, because October you have the World um, Series. But, like, you have, like, kind of shitty NFL games. You have shitty college football. Hockey comes back, so that's always fun. And now basketball starts again in, in October. But September, you get the start of football. You get the pennant races in baseball. You get, you know, hockey preseason starts. You get college football. Co- yeah, college football. Uh, I was using football in the, in the general sense. Because in October, 
like with both college and the pros, like you have shitty NFL games. You've kind of the, the weird end of non-conference play. All the good games were in September for non-conference play and like the start of conference play. So you don't really know who's actually good. And like none of the good rivalries until November, like the iron bowls, November, Michigan, Ohio state's in November, the fucking battle for the jeweled shillelagh between Notre Dame and USC, which might be an in-conference game. But that's a podcast for another day. Those are November. But yeah, it's April and July are the two best. And the April also, I didn't mention, start of the basketball playoffs, start of the hockey playoffs. So those are the two best, April and July. You know, I, I think there's a lot of people who disagree with you. Uh, I let you go on your rant. Um, I also would disagree with you, but... What's your... So this is this is great late. late late night debate. Just throw it out there, and we can end end the show. I want to hear your best month, October. So I'm a yes, yeah, October. Not so it was my favorite before. That was my wedding month. Um, oh, that too. It was my wedding yeah. month. It it was it was always the favorite before because I'm a I like sweatshirts. Mm. See, I don't like the cold. October. I don't like the cold. October, oh my god, dude. Well. There's your there's mistake number one. You can always put layers on. You can only take off so many layers. Oh, I love the heat. That's what. That's love what, oh the my heat. God, you're you're a psycho. Um, well, boy, if summer, I'm a big, Greg. I'm, you're I'm a boy sweatshirt weather. How do you not like? Oh, yeah, big, you do love sweatshirts. You're a big hoodie a big guy in high school. Yeah, still am. That's good. Um, big, Never change. <laughs> but the difference is like it's not socially acceptable to wear sweatshirts, so I just wear them in the. Uh, in my apartment when there's no guests coming over. Anyway, um, yeah, so... They were wearing sweatshirts at the British Open. You can yeah, wear... They, do you hear they came out? Because Phil's wearing a t-shirt, and they're like, as long as you don't wear jeans, you're fine. Yeah, that's fine. Anyway, um, anyway, yeah, so I'm a big fall guy. October's the best because you get all... You get... I mean, basketball is a joke, but you get hockey, you get NFL, you get college... Everything's in the swing of things. You get the Major League Baseball playoffs. Um, it's just the best sporting time of the year, the best time of year. You get the nice foliage on the leaves. There's, It's still 90 degrees most days. There are some days where it's, like, randomly cold. But, you know, it, realistically, Jordy, we were getting – it was 75 on Thanksgiving last year, right? So global warming is fake according to a certain type of people. But um, – you know, tell me why it's 75 <laughs> uh, on Thanksgiving. But anyway, uh, yeah, so the fall for me, uh, October. Uh, second All best right. month. I don't know. Fair I mean, enough. I don't know. I, I, maybe December. I love Christmas. Hmm. Is that a cop out? <laughs> um, I'm legally by marriage obligated to say that I like December because that's when my wife's birthday is. So there you go. Yeah. There you go. All right. Um, but yeah, May May is a good one. Uh, Mother's Day. You know how could you? You know, I don't know. Anyway, I was going um, all, only off of sports, not other things. But the October is a good one. October May, is a good, May, is a May, good sports. May month. you get all the playoffs. May you get the playoffs for the NBA and the you NHL, the, and you get the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, you get the start of um, what's it called? You get the draft. Um, NFL draft just happened. You get the start of yeah. It's, it's baseball. Only May you get the playoffs, though. Don't you get the start of the playoffs. Don't else. appropriate the NFL draft in May because it was in. Actually, I think it was in. Oh no, it wasn't May. Yeah, it wasn't May this year. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's in April half the time. So anyway, all right, we're talking nonsense now. Um, go, go Sox. Yeah, everybody, thank you for listening. And subscribe to the podcast. Wow, it is late. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, The Bullpen Cart, wherever you get your pods. The Thunderblog on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. But for Greg Pietelli, I am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Have a great weekend. Go fightings, baby. Go Sox.